That's what's up. So the frat boys are doing good. That was, that was a frat boy yell. Yeah, whoo, dude. <laughs> um, cool. Um, welcome. I'm excited that you guys are here. Even if you're in a frat, I'm actually more excited that you're here. Um, I love you guys. All of my heart. Where's Nolan at? Is he in the building? He's not here right now. He's probably coming. Y'all, anybody, if you know Nolan, just tell him I asked about him. Um, well, listen, um, so if this is your very first time, let me just say how happy I am you're here. Um, if, you don't, if you don't know me, my name is Jared. I get the privilege of pastoring our college and young adult students here at City Hope Church. And I just saw a familiar face of somebody I love that I miss so much because she's in the building. Everybody say, what's up, Alyssa Jones? I didn't know because she had moved away. Okay, I just see, when I see family, I get excited. I'm sorry. Um, but let me just say welcome. On behalf of our church, our pastors, man, we're honored that you guys decide um, on a Thursday night to be here, to be in the building, um, because we genuinely know um, that God is moving in this generation, and this is an expression of it. So it's really cool to see you guys coming in here dressed all hip and proper and just looking good, um, but also saying, man, I want a little something different. I feel like God is changing my generation, and I want something else that I'm not seeing expressed in the world, and I believe that God is the answer. So let me just say thank you um, for you showing up. Uh, if this isn't your very first time, then you're just family, so I'm glad you are in the house we're going to have a little family talk, if that's okay. Is that good? Can we do that? Um, last week, uh, Pastor Chris came with a message that was um, just on another level. I mean, it, it hit me right where I was at, and I was like, man, that's, that's a good word. He talked about fake friends. Anybody here last week um, remember how hot that message was? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, he talked about uh, approaching this this thought or this collection of talks which we've been talking about called Real Friends but he kind of took a spin and was like um, we're going to talk about friends but we're going to talk about what type of friend you are and how that plays a role inside of relationships um, the, the word he brought was incredible I'm going to kind of continue that thought um, and maybe come at it from a different angle tonight, I'm a little bit different anyway, I grew up I was a little weird growing up if you knew me, I was a black kid. I liked, uh, obviously, I liked, <laughs> I liked Dragon Ball Z, Wakanda Forever. Did somebody throw up the, <laughs> uh, but I liked, I liked Dragon Ball Z and I liked, I also liked indie rock music, but I also liked guitar and I liked baseball. So I was like all over the place. My interests were crazy. I didn't have very many friends. So I always thought a little bit different than everybody else. Um, and I don't think much has changed. So I'm going to hopefully bring a passage of Scripture that may be familiar to you, um, but hopefully bring a new perspective, a new view. <laughs> you see what I did? You know what I'm saying? Um, that one's free. <laughs> uh, so if you got your paper Bibles with you and you're my best friend, I just want you to hold it up and say, I have with me the key to beat the enemy okay and if you didn't bring a paper bible but you brought a phone which runs out of battery unlike my word of God um, I just want you to say Lord have mercy 
Mm-mm. Okay, okay, okay. Don't mean to shame you. I'm totally kidding. We're going to put the scripture up on the screen, but this is a promise I always make. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a, have a paper Bible, there's something uh, inherently powerful about carrying the Word of God with you. Um, and I poke and I, and I joke about it, but the, the truth is I want you to have a Bible. There's something about being able to write in your Bible and carry your Bible with you. So if you don't have a Bible, I'll get one for you. You just got to let me know. I'd be happy to. But if you have your Bible, if you don't have your Bible, we're going to be in Exodus. We're going old school tonight. Um, Exodus chapter 17. Let's go ahead and turn there. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 17. The story that we're kind of talking about tonight is a familiar face. Uh, if you've read the Bible some, his name is Moses. And um, Moses is the same guy that brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He's the same guy that put his staff in the middle of a sea and split it. Moses is just that. Do anybody ever watch uh, Prince of Egypt growing up? Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. Whitney Houston with them songs. I mean, I just loved watching Prince of Egypt. It was a great movie, okay? Um, But that's Moses. That's who Moses, Moses was the prince of Egypt. And this is the same guy we're talking about. Now, we're a little bit past maybe the time of Egypt, um, but we're looking at after the Israelites had, had gotten past the sea and, and had done some things, and now they're, they're going to claim a land that God had always said was theirs. And, and here's where we find ourselves in this story. We're going to start in verse 8. This is what it says. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out. Fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against the Amalekites. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hands up, the Israelites prevailed. And when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. So then they, being Aaron and Hur, took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun was set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Now, if you don't really understand what just happened, let me make it real quick and plain to you. Uh, God told Moses, when you lift your arms up, you guys win. If your arms fall, you guys lose. Real simple, Moses. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you have your bros with you. Just keep your arms up. It's a show of faith, and you guys will win. So Moses called his, his, his brothers with him and said, I need a little bit of support. Can y'all help me out? His brothers helped him, kept his arms up. The Israelites won. Simple enough? Great. I'm glad. Some of you guys are like, uh. Um, don't worry. It's going to make sense here in just a second. Just stay with me. Don't go to sleep or get on Snapchat just yet. I'll be here. Um, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, Um, And usually the ones that bring their Bibles are taking notes. Okay, you little scholars, I like that. Um, I want you to title tonight's message, Lose Friends. Lose Friends. The first week was called Make Friends. The second week, KB talked about fake friends. That rhymed, incidentally. Um, The third week, we're going to be talking about losing friends. The, The truth is, there comes a point in every believer's life when you have to make tough decisions about who you surround yourself with tonight. 
we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. And not in the normal way of the Bible tells us to cut these type of people out. I want to show us what real friends do. And maybe it'll help us kind of understand when it's time to maybe lose some of those friends in our life that aren't helping us reach our God-given potential. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And we thank you for who you are. And we give you honor. We give you glory. Jesus, you are, you are strong enough to defeat our sin. Holy Spirit, you give us the authority to speak out against depression, anxiety, sin, friend groups that don't need to be in our life. So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Anoint tonight's word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. And Jesus, get rid of this cotton mouth. It is tough to preach when your mouth feels like this. God, we love you so much. Everybody said. I got a question for you. Um, anybody um, grow up with parents that were really, really particular about who you hung out with? Like, has anybody still yet to have a sleepover because your mom is like that, you know? <laughs> like, does anybody, it's like, y'all, they can come over to my house, but we ain't going to nobody else's house. You just got to know that. Anybody else's mom, like, wouldn't even let you go to your neighbor's house, right? They're, they're just, like, really particular about your friend group. Anybody remember um, what your parents would say? They would say, uh, stay away from bad people. You, you ever hear your friends say, be careful for bad friends. Have you ever heard that before? Watch the company you keep. You don't want bad company around you. Am I the only one who's heard that growing up? Uh, my parents used to always tell me, you got to watch who you hang out with because you don't want to be guilty by association. You don't want to be that, Jared. You want to be away from harm, above reproach. So be careful who you hang out with. First of all, let me go back in time and say to every parent who ever said that, you're wrong, okay? For like, like, like for my whole life, my parents told me, you're going to be guilty by association, so stay away from the bad people. The truth is, they were wrong. That's the worst advice in the world. I'm going to be honest with you, I never hung out with bad people. Like I, like, I just didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, as, as, a, as, a, as a, a normal, sane person, it's easy for me to stay away from bad people. If somebody offers me heroin within the first three minutes of us talking, I'm not going to hang out with them. You're like, like, that's an easy opportunity for me to say, check, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if somebody is like, hey, man, we probably should go rob a bank. <laughs> and they just followed you on Instagram. It's easy for me to go, nah, bad company I don't want to hang out with you anymore. And growing up, the people that stole stuff or that said bad words or whatever, it was easy for me to go, uh-uh, X marks the spot. Homeboy, I'll see you later. I'm not about to be guilty by association. But the truth is, nobody's parents ever warned them about okay friends, right? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever have an okay friend? When they throw up an idea, they're like, hey, we should probably go to this party. You never say yes. You're always like, uh Okay, okay. That's an okay friend. Every idea that they bring up, you never, you're, ne you're never like, oh, man, that's it. That feels like it's going to send me towards my God-given destiny. You're like, it's never that. It's always like, oh, okay. You know, like, okay. And I call those okay friends. Those are your okay friends because it's not easy to spot these guys. They blend in with the rest of us. They, they dress like us. Their jeans are as tight as ours. Their Instagram feeds are baller. 
and, and they happen to kind of maybe have a Bible verse in their bio just like us. But, but something about them, you just know, they, they're more so of an okay friend. Anybody ever had an okay friend out there? You're okay friends. Maybe some of you guys are the okay friends. But it is what it is. Like, I, I just wish my parents would have warned me, instead of talking about the bad friends, I wish my parents would have said a little bit more about the okay friends. I can spot the bad friends without even thinking. But the okay friends, they kind of seep into your life. And before you know it, they're your best friends and you're just kind of okay with it. But tonight, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. Once we get to this age, and tonight we're going to kind of talk about this. Once we get to the age that you're at right now, you're, you're a young adult, you're college, you're living it up. You got your own house. You got your own job. Work hard. Uh, you're doing your own thing right now. And the truth is... If you're in here and you're smiling good and, and you're, you're, you're in great health, you're already in college, you're trying to do well for yourself, it's, it's probably fair to say you've cut the bad people out of your life. But the truth is, if you're going to reach your God-given destiny and you're going to see your potential fulfilled, you can't just cut out the bad people. We've got to start looking at when it's time to lose okay people. Because here's the thing. You don't want an okay destiny. You want something great. You want something extraordinary. But the people that are around you are just okay. Tonight, I want you to understand that as believers, as believers in Christ, the company that you keep will keep you from or take you to your destiny. The company that you keep will keep you from or take you to your destiny. What does that mean? That means if you want an okay destiny, keep hanging out with okay friends. But if you want something different, if you want to see God maximize the potential that he's placed in your life, you got to make some decisions to get rid of those type of people. you got to make some decisions that look like the destiny that you're going after. So let's go back and look at the text. Let's look at what it says. If we, look at, um, if we look back at, at what we're reading, Moses is the central character in this particular story, and he has a group of friends. He, he has a group of bros, frat bros. Where you at? Anybody in a fraternity in here? You know what I'm saying? Moses was in a fraternity, okay? Israelite, Psi Gamma. Whatever, like, like he, these are his boys right here, and they are Aaron, Her, and Joshua. These are the guys that he chose to surround himself with at the current time. And what happens is he goes, into this, uh, he goes into this battle and he's about to fight these guys called the Amalekites. And he says, you know what I need at this time? I don't need armor. I don't need to eat. I don't need anything like that. I need my, my friends, my close friends around me because they're going to provide the support that I need to get through this battle. See, Moses understood how important relationship was to fighting even a spiritual battle. Moses understood this. So what did he do? He called his friends around. He said, all right, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this together. One thing I want to point out about every single person that Moses uh, called around him at this particular time, they had one glaringly obvious thing in common at this point in time. They were all there. And I know that seems, I know that seems pretty simple, but let's not look over that fact. Every single one of these guys that the Bible mentions in this story with Moses were present when he was going through this particular struggle. Anybody ever have a friend who happens to only be there on Thursday nights when you're trying to go downtown? 
Does anybody, she, she said, you know she does. Like, she's like, I'm that friend. Ah. <laughs> anybody ever have a friend that's only down when they're trying to, trying, to, trying to hang out with some other people or when something's going on? You ever have a friend that only texts you to ask you, hey, is anything happening tonight? You know anybody like that? They're never there when you're actually going through stuff that's difficult. Like if you want to talk about your feelings, they're like, oh, uh, I got pulled into this meeting. And you're like, you're 19. You don't have meetings. What are you, what are you talking about? They're like, oh, I got to work. You don't have a job. You're unemployed. <laughs> I buy everything. You know? But there's people in our life that have, that have eased their way in our, in our lives because of the, the, the type of fun we can provide them. These are those okay friends I was talking about. These are the type of people that only show up when there's something fun to do. But when the struggle happens, they're nowhere to be found. So tonight, I want to I kind of take a, a look at a couple of thoughts that I have. But I want to use this particular lens. This is what I want us to all write down. So if you're taking notes, i got one more thing for you to write that's going to kind of help set the stage. We're going to be answering the question tonight of, it's time to lose friends when? It's time to lose friends when? So if the title of the message is lose friends, the question we're going to be answering is, it's time to lose friends when? And point one is this, when they don't show up in the struggle. It's time to lose friends when they don't show up in the struggle. Because here's the thing about friends being present. Anybody know any, and don't raise your hand, okay? Just be careful. Anybody know any church friends that only wants to hang out when you're doing right? Anybody know any church friends that really only want to hang out with you on Thursday nights when it's view time? But when you're going through something, maybe you partied last week or whatever, and you're trying to get on the right track, they call you a hypocrite? Hey, lose those friends too. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. Not true. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. But church people, you may be just as bad as the friends that only show up for the fun. Because you only show up for the church. The church is not about the church. The church is about the people. So if you're only hanging out with people in church, you're not about the people. You're about the church. you got to understand something. Maybe you're the type of friend that people need to lose. Because check this out. And, and here's the truth about this. People, I, I get so annoyed when I hear people say stuff like, uh, so-and-so is such a hypocrite because, like, they were, like, super, super drunk last week. And then they're at view, like, what? Where else should they be? Like, like, answer that question. Where else should they be? We're on our friends so hard, man. You got to get better. You got to do that. You got. But, but, but a hypocrite is not somebody who sins and comes to church. That's just called a person. A hypocrite is somebody that preaches and then goes and gets drunk on Thursday. Now, if I'm doing that, I'm a hypocrite. If you're leading worship and you're doing now that's a hypocrite. But if you're sinning and coming to church, you're somebody looking for truth. So why don't us as the church stop turning away sinners and start loving them? Maybe we're the type of friends we need to lose. But that's not what his boys did right here. Aaron, her, and Joshua, they didn't call anybody a hypocrite. They didn't say anything about Moses going through this particular struggle. And, and listen to me, young people. I'm not minimizing sin. This is not a license for you to, to come to church and then say, oh, I feel good about myself. I'm going to go party. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's so many people that are struggling, that are genuinely searching, that need us to stop judging and start loving. That's all I'm saying. 
If I'm trying to be real, that's all that I'm saying. But if we look at this, we have to understand that it's time to lose friends if friends are only there when the going is good. If, if we have a circle of people that can only be around us in a particular set of circumstances, it's probably time for us to look in another direction. Point two. Point two. It's time to lose friends when they choose to fight over faith. When they choose to fight over faith. It's time to lose friends when they choose the fight over faith. Now, don't hear me wrong. There's a time to take a stand. There's a time to be brave. There's a time to be courageous. There's a time to, to kind of stay uh, in a spot and say, this is who I am. This is what I'm standing for. But I want to look more so at what Moses' friends didn't do as much as even what they did do. Check this out. If you go back and look in, in the scripture, it says that Moses told Joshua to choose men for us to go out and fight against Amalek. He says to choose men, okay? He said choose men. If you're choosing, that means there's, there's somebody who didn't make the choice. So there's men that exist that weren't chosen by Joshua because Moses told him to choose. Notice Moses didn't say gather all the men and go fight against the, the Amalekites. He said choose for yourself men and then go out and fight against the Amalekites. So Joshua gathered up this band of brothers that go out and they start fighting against these guys. And the Bible says that when Moses' arms began to droop or drop, that the Israelites and Joshua and, and the guys he chose began to lose. But let me show you what Moses' friends didn't do. They didn't go, oh, Moses, I know God said to lift your arms higher, but homeboy, we didn't choose all the guys. Why don't we send in some reinforcements? You know what I'm saying? They didn't say, hey, Moses, let's send in the cavalry. Send in the rest of the guys. That's not what happened. Aaron and her never, and, and Joshua never came back and were like, Moses, we still have guys that we didn't choose. Why don't we bring those guys into the fight? That's not what happened. What did they choose over the fight? They chose faith. They chose to stand with Moses in this act of faith that he had already proclaimed to them that this is what God had told him to do. They chose to support his de decision to have faith instead of encourage his flesh to fight. You ever have a friend, usually the shortest of your friends? You could be downtown. I'm not even talking about at night. I'm not talking about Pats or Boo Radleys. I'm talking about, if you laugh, that means you've been there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about you're downtown with your friends like midday at Panini Pete's, right? Like nothing, nothing crazy is going down at Panini Pete's. It's Panini's, right? Only you, like it's just not happening. But even still, they're like five foot two going, hey, bro, let me just tell you, if anything happens, dog, I got your back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got you. Like, they come up with scenarios where they are, they're interjecting themselves into a fight. They're like, hey, if that dude, like, gets up, I will fight, like, like for you, bro. If anybody was, like, swinging on you, bro, I got you, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got you. And you're like, we're at Panini Pete's. You're sipping a cola. Like, the cheese is still stringing out your mouth. You're, and, and, and you're five foot two. You're not, you don't have anybody's, you might have my hip, you know, like. 
But we all have friends like this. We all like, like it's, the, it's usually the ones that would never fight that's always talking about something. Man, I got, I, I got you, dog. I got you. I got you, okay? I got your back. You ever have friends like that? Or, or what, about, what about friends that are always negative about any new thing you're, you're bringing into your life? Like, it doesn't matter what it is. You're like, man, I have a dream. I want to do this, this, this. And I'm getting back into church. They're like, yeah, you tried that last time. <laughs> the friends are like, you're like, okay, last week was real crazy for me, but I want to step up. I want to go to church. I want to get better. They're like, mm, okay, everybody's going to judge you anyway. You're like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, how, how did this happen? Are you ever going to be positive? But the type of people that, that always choose the flesh answer Instead of the faith answer. They always choose, well, well, let me help rationalize the thing that I'm doing that I know I know is wrong. And let me help you do the same. Okay? We can do this together. They always choose the flesh decision. They always choose the fight instead of faith. But see, Moses knew that he had to surround himself with friends and brothers and people that were going to choose the side of his, uh, of his spirit that is calling him to have faith, not the side of his spirit that is calling him to have more fight. Because he knows that the fight is happening in the flesh, but the real fight is happening with faith, and that's in the spirit. He knew he had to surround himself with people that were going to encourage him to do better when it comes to this. Even if they're not perfect, even though they're not maybe, they, they don't necessarily have everything together. They're, they're not on the right track exactly, but they're trying so hard to get back, and they're encouraging you, hey, we can do this. Let's not go out this week. Let's go to view. Let, let, let's, let's think better of our thoughts. Let's, let's clean up our social media. We can make changes. We can do this together. He's like, I need, Moses is like, I need more friends like that, not more friends that are encouraging me in my flesh. It's time to lose friends when they choose the fight over faith. Point three. And this is my last point. It's time to lose friends when they don't point you back to Jesus. When you ask people about their, their, their selection of friends and, and why they do it and, and maybe even the criteria they're using to kind of understand who they're going to choose as their best friends or this is my friend, that's my friend. Usually it's something like this. I want somebody that, like, loves me. I want somebody that respects me and that accepts me just for who I am. That's a good time. We have similar interests. Maybe we had a shared experience that we went through that was crazy, like freshman year, or, or we rushed together or whatever it may be. But I'm looking for something in common. I'm looking for something that we can share together and say, man, this is something that I like about us. But the truth is, and this is the sad part, rarely do you hear being a believer land on the top of somebody's criteria list. Rarely do you hear the criteria of being a believer land in somebody's top five. It's like, oh, that's an added bonus. They're a Christian as well. Cool. Perfect. I don't want to be judgmental. I can be friends with anybody. For sure. And, and, and don't hear me wrong, young people. I'm not saying that we shouldn't spend time with lost people and invest in lost people and seek and tell them about Jesus and love on them and, and be out where they are and go out and seek them. But here's what I am saying. The most important relationships in your life don't need to be absent of the most important thing in your life. Hear me again. The most important relationships in your life don't need to be absent of the most important thing in your life. And if they are, 
my question may be to you, without trying to ruffle too many feathers, what is the most important thing in your life? Because if it's God, why in the world would you want a relationship that doesn't have God in it? I'm not saying that you don't have lost friends. Have them. We need to bring them into the church and save them and see God do some incredible things through their life. But the relationships that are going to give you life, the relationships that are going to encourage you, the relationships that are going to be your backbone, those need to include Jesus in them. Perhaps the most impressive and all at once important thing that Moses' friends did here in this passage of Scripture is that if, when we read verse 12, it says, But Moses' hands were heavy, then they, being his friends, took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Psalms calls Jesus Christ the rock of our salvation. Mark says that Jesus is the stone which the builders rejected. Over and over and over again, Jesus is called the rock. The cornerstone of our faith is the solid rock. The rock won't move. The word is strong. It's not going anywhere. This is a metaphor that every friendship needs to take a look at. His boys knew that even in this battle, no matter how supportive, no matter how much they loved them, no matter how cool it was when they kicked it, they knew that eventually during this struggle, they were going to get tired. So they needed something that wouldn't. So what did they do? They didn't say, hey, yo, Moses, let us hold you up, bro. We got you. I got your hip. They didn't say that. What did they say? Hey, yo, Moses, here's a rock. Have a seat. Because even when we get tired, Jesus won't. It's time to lose friends when they don't put you back on the rock, but it's time to keep them when they do. If you have a friend that's in your life that keeps telling you what the Word of God is saying and you keep telling them to shut up, you maybe need to look, take a look at your life and go, why is it that I feel like I have to do this every single time when I know what the Word of God is, but I feel like I have to rationalize what it is that I'm doing? The truth is, Moses was always in good shape. His, his arms and this army never stood a chance because he had relationships. He had real friends. He had a God-sized dream, and he had the relationships to take him there. When your friends put you back on the rock, don't get up. The rock ain't moving. The rock's not moving. If you have friends like that, keep them. If you don't, lose the rest of them. Because God is calling you to an incredible destiny and you'll never get to see it. Listen to me, young people. You will never get to see it unless you find relationships that are going to point you back to Jesus. It is the single most important thing that your life has ever surrounded, touched, or felt. I'm telling you from experience, it's what truly matters. And if you don't have friends that are going to put you back on a rock, you need to re-choose your relationships. It's time to lose friends. It's time to lose friends. If they're not there when you struggle, 
if they'd rather fight than have faith, and if they don't put you back on the rock, maybe it's time to make some decisions. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you so much. We thank you for who you are. We give you honor. We give you glory. And Jesus, we just know that this is about you. This is for you. God, there's some relationships in here tonight that are so incredibly strong because they're founded on the chief cornerstone, the one that the builders rejected but our friends won't. Jesus. I pray that tonight be an opportunity to make some decisions. I pray that the, the people in here tonight that need to rethink their relationships do it. And I pray that the people that are in here tonight that maybe need to keep some of the, re the relationships that have been pointing them back to Jesus, I pray that those relationships stay strong. God, I love you. And I praise you, God, you are so incredible. You are so good. We love you. It's in your name we pray.